Good morning, pilgrims and travelers on the funny path of life. Welcome to the machine. Uh, in, uh, in the traffic noise of uh, 8 o'clock in the morning in Logroño in Navarra. So I am officially on my way to Navarrete. After a wonderful stay, I mean, it turned out to be a very, uh, very nice time in, in this albergue, which is a parochial albergue. It was donativo, I mean, they had dinner, they had breakfast. Uh, I mean, uh, I arrived like at 7.30 p.m., so, which is, you know, very late. You know, I actually missed the church by, uh, I would have gone to Mass, which was right by the, the albergue, but, you know. And didn't work out and uh, but after <laughs> my arrival caused the ruckus because uh, the door of the albergue should not have been open and it was and then one of the hoteleros was upset about it <laughs> it was kind of cute so I was just kind of witnessing that and then uh, but then then it turned out to be a German lady spoke very very good uh, Spanish uh, and then uh, and then I got ushered in, they took my information, and then uh, I got myself settled down, met a steward, an Australian who lives in uh, Scotland, and uh, sweet man, very sweet heart, uh, gentle heart, very, very nice. Uh, and then we, we chatted for a while, and then before I knew it, you know, it was like 8.15, so it was, uh, it was time to go... Hold on a second, traffic here. Time to go to dinner. And then I ended up meeting Andres from Mexico, where we had a quite a lively conversation, uh, joking with the, the hospitaleros, the, the volunteer. Uh, anyway, it was very, very nice. It was beautiful salad with tomato, lettuce, wonderful. And then a dish of lentils with uh, chorizo. Uh, and I had myself a second plate of lentils instead of a yogurt. So I asked for that instead. So just wonderful. Uh, and I was quite chatty. Uh, I was actually bummed because it was a, a Japanese uh, couple. But I was too far from them. And in terms of the manner, you know, the, the, the way they behave, the education, they are very quite, uh, quite proper. So I knew that would have been more than I could consider rude for me to try to talk over several people to get to them. And I got involved anyway. I got engrossed in this conversation with uh, Andres about spiritual things. So, which was quite a treat, again, to, to have kind of a meat on that bone in terms of a connection with another man, young man. And uh, so it was very nice. And then uh, ended up going to bed around 10.30. And so we ended up taking uh, the conversation away from the dining room where they were kind of cleaning it up to, uh, to they opened up a room for us to be in anyway, and then went to bed. So it was wonderful. Also, Matt, I forgot the name, a gal from uh, uh, Arizona having some trouble. And uh, so, you know, here you had those kind of what I call them the virgins of the Camino. People who've uh, never done it and who are unbeknownst to them, overblowing things. You know, the severity of some things or really worried. 
and overthinking, you know, comiéndose el coco. So they're really, really dándole vuelta, you know, sin parar a las cosas. So I kind of tried, you know, as lightly as I could, you know, to be like, yeah, don't, no big deal, you know. Yeah, of course your shoulders are fucking hurting. That's normal. You're carrying a fucking pack for hours, day in, day out. Yeah, you're going to get blisters, you know. Yeah, your, your hip or, you know, your back or, you know, your, your legs or whatever. Even a guy had his, uh, he talked about his, um, oh, what do you call it, the, the thigh muscle in the back, the, you know, being, being sore and being like, you're good, man. You know, this is such a, you, this is a strong muscle. You're going to be fine. So I was trying to... Uh, and the idea, at least, was to... Uh, it's well indicated, sure, when you go forward. To, to share with other one. And, of course, you know, by now I am a, I'm definitely a, a seasoned pilgrim. Um, and, uh, and so it was nice. I was quite energized. So definitely... Uh, Kind of an organic, natural, you know, transition from, uh, you know, where I've been in that kind of a cave, in that kind of a, I call it el lado oscuro de las cosas, you know, or el lado oscuro de la luna, el lado oscuro de la luna, the dark side of the moon, and that's, I guess, you know, I could talk a little bit about that, so I've definitely, uh, definitely been in that funny place where I was angry, I have had uh, quite a bit of anger. I thought more, more so at the beginning, really being annoyed by people, intolerant. Uh, and I mean, some of those things, you know, where uh, <laughs> I'll t- give you a case in point. Uh, Moreras, I think it was called Moreras in this albergue. I forgot the name of the town. I think it was a monasterio. If I'm not monasterio, monasterio, not monasterio. A few days into the Camino. And very nice albergue, beautiful, being open, living room, kitchen, very nice, uh, the dorm. And then so there was those two Frenchmen. There were, you know, there were like three bunk beds, and I was in one, and the other two guys were each in a, in a bunk bed. You go straight. <coughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and it was after 10. And basically, so of course I was in silence, so they didn't know. And they didn't know that uh, I understood French, or that I was French, and you know I had no interest in sharing that information anyway. But there we are. I remember exactly being after ten, and one guy is fucking chatting with his neighbor, and not on a low voice, and not whispering. They're just talking normally. Lights are out about fucking soccer and I was like I wanted to fucking scream I want to be saying what the fuck man you know what what are you not getting about being in in this collective space it's after fucking 10 o'clock people are people are tired whatever it's like anyway I was really really annoyed and it was hard for me not to to give in to that I remember one time I never said anything. I never, never did anything. Well, I did one thing, actually. So in a way, I kind of lost my cool. At one point, I just turned around and kind of looked at them for a second. As a way of saying, what the fuck, you know? I mean, really, I was angry. And they didn't see... I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know if they did. I don't think they did. 
it doesn't matter but that was it now of course I didn't feel good about it and uh, and then, then it was like just just deal with it just let it come just let it happen but it was like I could feel my bo- my blood boiling and then there was this other one uh, this one was before Caceres so I don't remember the albergue it was kind of a donative if I'm not mistaken very simple but nice it had a kitchen too it was quite a nice place and then it was 10-12pm so we're in bed and this guy fucking comes in and turns the lights on you know and there is kind of like a basic kind of almost like a unwritten rule which is basically after certain times yeah you f- it's like lights out you just you know it's respect and I think the guy possibly was a little bit inebriated I'm thinking possibly I don't know now and actually got up and turned the light off uh, and I was so fucking pissed and he didn't turn it back on and I felt bad about it too because it was like that anger so early on was really overwhelming me oh it wasn't overwhelming I was just easily giving in to it I was re- writing it you know feeling self-righteous really basically and feeling like a victim right you know obviously I think to be- before you get angry you feel like a wrong has been done to you and then you feel righteous about that righteous anger. <laughs> Sorry, it's really redundant with uh, righteous here. But I guess the point is uh, being made. And, uh, and those were the two instances in which, you know, I realized I was, I was really not in a social place. I mean, you know, I was not negating i wasn't ignoring people if people were reaching out to me you know i had the the sign that pilar had uh, on a piece of clothes she'd written you know in in silence in english and spanish so you know i would basically put it on while my day was done and you know it was pretty clear to people and people took it most people almost everybody took it very nicely uh uh in terms of uh, you know somebody being in silence and kind of understood even one guy fucking like he wanted to take a picture of me with a sign because I think he had done a Camino in silence anyhow so I think if I was to go back to that time again I would most likely say no thanks thank you I really am not a big fan of photos I have to say and even there it was kind of weird it was like dude yeah it's okay thanks thanks but no but you know indulge a guy didn't feel bad about it and made him happy so and then he was completely you know respectful otherwise pretty much everybody was you know i mean whether i went to the municipal police because on the on this camino you had a bunch of municipal albergues where nobody was running them you know like on, a, on here on a french camino pretty much all the albergues is going to be volunteer or staff at all time when it's open you know to manage it but on a camino levante uh, most of them they would just you would have to go somewhere to where the key would be given like a bar or the the police station and then uh, they get your information or whatever or the tourist office and like in uh, Casar de Caceres it was like across from the albergue there was a tourist office and that's where they would give you uh, you would get your stamp and then you would pay your fee and they would give you the the funny disposable uh, desechables uh, bed linens basically the one time use and uh and then there would there would be no staff there. It would just be the pilgrims. 
and so many many nights I've actually I was just on my own which it was it was good it, it was good that there was that but on the other hand you know I, I could just feel that that underlying kind of anger okay hold on I think I'm right here yeah? yeah okay making sure I'm on a Camino Oh, you have an old dog here. No, looks like he oof, might have a cancer here. Yeah. Let me see you, my friend. Yeah, you gotta grow on the side of your belly. So, anywho, so definitely I was on the dark side of the moon. Um, I mean, f- physically, it was again, you know, quite easy. Uh, you know, uh, smooth sailing, I definitely would say, when it comes to. Uh, uh, what was required of me physically, the, even some of the terrain on the Via de la Plata, which again, I really like. I really, really enjoyed it, actually. I could definitely see myself if I was to stay again in Andalusia to start again from uh, from there and uh, do it again. Um, but uh, the, the climb and everything, I really like them. <laughs> it's really really interesting um, that how energizing and when it ter- there was a lot of flat terrain on the Camino Levante you know outside of uh, uh, in the vicinity of Avila then you had uh, you went up a pass and so you had some climb you know decent stuff it didn't feel like too much either but you had some but overwhelmingly uh, it was a lot of plain a lot of agriculture you know, a lot of grapes, oh my goodness, in Castilla-La Mancha. There were wineries, I mean, were not winery, but uh, grape, grape, grape. You know, I mean, endless, endless field of those things. Paras de Ubas. And, but, and then there was some very nice kind of big, big, I mean, it was again, very quite flat. But you were still away from the road, away from the traffic. So you were still in nature and then it was quite expensive. And uh, it, was, uh, it was quite enjoyable. Anywho. So the, the walking part was definitely the very easy part. You know, my, uh, th- that part was like, you know, I had like few, few days to where I get sick. <laughs> actually before uh, uh, getting to Merida which of course I didn't stay but the the stage the day before no actually no the stage when I passed Merida I didn't feel good and uh, it ended up being like 30 plus k day so it was not a short one I ended up crashing I had trouble to get back up I was feeling weak you know and then just kind of nauseous and then when I finally of course I made it to the I could have stopped sooner but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to make it to where I'm, I want to go. So I did. And ended up puking three times in a bathroom. And actually, here's going to be a gross fucking fact. My denture fucking fell in a toilet. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't feel that grossed out about it. I mean, I know it's fucking disgusting, right? But I don't know, it didn't. And of course, you know, I was feeling like shit. I kind of wiped. Didn't Don't feel great about my cleaning job on it, you know. And then I ended up crashing. Didn't sleep much, but I'm assuming some food poisoning, right? And kind of the healthy coping skills, meaning that the food doesn't get very deep down. And uh, the only thing I can relate it to is that, you know, I do this kind of scavenging. 
uh, when I get to places to where I get there pretty early most of the time. So when I'm looking at opening fridge and when I see things opened up, it's basically pilgrims who have left them before. So when I'm pretty confident, then I will incorporate them in what I'm cooking. And I have a feeling that one of those things possibly was not kosher. And uh, so that was kind of a weird day. And, uh, and actually, that day, the last time I did that stretch, even though this time I went to, an al- to a different albergue, to a town that was about three kilometers past this one, where I'd stayed before, I actually remembered where I was, which is very interesting. And uh, it, was, it was a struggle too. I remember being tired too that time when I went there. So it was kind of interesting in that way. Anywho. But uh, so I had that. So that happened quite earlier on because Merida, you know, it's what? It's uh, less than 200k from, uh, from Sevilla. I forgot exactly how far. I think it's about 180 or so. Okay. But anywho. And uh, but the next morning, you know, I was fine. You know, I still ate. And there was a little grocery store. They had a kitchen. So I was able to, you know, cook myself some... Uh, some pasta and then uh, my my usual fare, you know, on the Camino, finding vegetable, fruit, pasta, drinking, you know, big, uh, about a, close to a liter of coffee. I mean, not that concentrated, but, you know, with milk and sugar and my spices every morning. So I had my kind of routine, mostly maintained it quite effortlessly. And um, so I got sick that one time. Remember being really angry. Uh, looks like we are going this way. Okay. Let me see here. Yeah, I'm gonna jaywalk. All good. So, but otherwise, you know, like I said, I got drenched once. <laughs> I get wet about a couple of more times, so my, my bet, you know, of not bringing any rain gear. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it pinned out because my first uh, 40, you know, my first 30 plus days, that was it. Just amazing freaking weather. You know, I had, a, I had about at least one day or so of 35 earlier on. You get kind of warm, but like I said, I kind of like it. But then it was, re- it was kind of like today. It was cool amazing you know you don't break a sweat for a seven eight hour hike just amazing and even even there's something new that's happened on the Camino which I don't even know what that is uh, I have a kind of a strategy on the Camino which normally would be when I start to walk I do not put the pack down for minimum you know one hour and I try to at least three before I do it so you don't get into that mode of Oh, you're annoyed by your pack and you stop and you stop and you stop so you kind of you just bear you know you bear the grunt of it and uh, and um, and so there was that and then I remember that one day it was ridiculous uh, I basically did a 36k and I arrived by like 12.15 it was like a little bit over 6 hours to do a 36k which is very fast it was almost like I had a fever and I was worried. I was like, shit, I got carried away. I'm going to be, I'm going to be paying, you know, voy a pasar factura. That's a good one in Spanish. So basically, I'm going to pay the piper tomorrow. You know, there's going to be consequences. Basically, pasar factura means 
and uh, no uh, and then the whole day basically was like it turned out to be like three hours sometimes it would be four hours sometimes five hours and then I was like I wouldn't stop and I wouldn't put the pack down I ate a big breakfast I mean I stuffed myself and it turns out that most days you know if I was going to be doing between 30 and 40k I didn't have to eat anymore I mean I had you know about two three fruits that I would kind of munch on and I have a pocket on the side of my pack so I have access to it I have water on one side and then uh, whatever snack I put on the other one so I just didn't need to take the pack off you know there were a few times where the pack kind of bothered me but I got used to it anywho and so I got to where I would go eight hours and I wouldn't stop so my pace you know has gone up quite a bit you know not only I was pretty strong physically but I wouldn't stop so you know that the half an hour or 40 minutes or whatever that you end up I wouldn't have that so it was really surprising and it felt good it was not it didn't feel like I was stretching you know it didn't feel like I was sacrificing I was just uh... anyway and that's basically by the end that's I just didn't stop I just would not stop and uh, <laughs> so anyway, physically, oh, I remember Al Campo. Yeah, there was an Osha uh, grocery store here. So it was interesting to, to, once I started to get primed, and even more so here talking to people about, you know, like <laughs> people are saying like, oh, I'm going to be, it's going to be a long day today. It's going to be 29. And I'm like, oh, I, I caught myself. I started to say 29K is a long day my goodness for me it would be around 50 or plus k that would be a long day uh, but anywho but i realized yeah but fucking everybody's different anthony and it's it's like don't get caught up in that silly pseudo ego trip that you're about to get on and say oh yeah but for me you know that is nothing and kind of stepping down on somebody else's which is such a bullshit and uh but it is and at the same time it's true it's like physically Whatever it is, meda bien caminar. It's like there's just something that seems to be compatible between me and this weird kind of walking with that pack on. Because I have to say, you know, it's not only is it different to just walk and to walk with a backpack, but to be walking day in, day out, you know, with good nights, bad nights, with good or bad weather, or whatever it is, you know, with the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you end up. Uh, you know, walking. It's it's a it's a thing that you're not gonna understand till you do it. And like I say, I've had days. Even my last day was actually arriving to Valencia, uh, and I knew it wasn't physical, but I was tired. It was like I had to kind of carry myself. I had to carry something about me along. I had to find a way to justify, or I'm not sure, to cheer me up, animar me. I don't I don't know what you would call it, but it was. Uh, it was the last two days were mentally more challenging and uh and i chose i chose to not stop because i could have i had all the time in the world you know it's like there was no issue with the lodging uh, actually the al Khemesi, there was very nice albergue went up again having the whole place to myself with a kitchen very very nice oh you have a couple of young uh, peregrinas aquí adelante Anyhow, hold on a second. 
Anyway. So So it's it's been interesting for that. So my body's you know, I've had about seven blisters, I think, something close to that, but you know, nothing to write home about, very easily handled. You know, you catch them early enough. And uh, my feet since then they haven't had nothing. So those shoes, those 30 euro shoes have been amazing. And uh, yeah, realizing too that, you know, the la- for me at least, you know, of course, you know, you can easily find so many advices about, you know, what's the best thing. But I have to say to find the lightest shoe possible. And most shoes, you don't, and you could buy the, some of the cheapest pair. You, well, you ca- I think you kind of need to find some hard soles because if you don't find hard soles, you're going to be caving in somewhere. It's going to be wearing out unevenly. And that I don't like. But, like I see, the shoes that I have that I bought for running because barefoot running in Jamilena uh, uh, was not going to be feasible. No era factible. Um, they turned out to be amazing. So, you know, basically I have... Uh, I don't know how many I have. It's got to be at least 1,500 kilometers in them. I don't know how many I did in Jamilena, but I was about 1,400 in... Uh, yeah, definitely 1,400 on this Camino. And they're still going. And I remember the Merrill shoe that I bought in Salamanca. I don't think they lasted that long. Before I started to slide, before I realized the, the sole was worn out enough to where I was losing traction and it was becoming dangerous. And those, I see it. I mean, the sole is wearing out, but the traction has been amazing. I paid 30, 30 euro at Sprinter, which is kind of like Academy. Uh, I compare it to, but... I don't. I think Sprinter is a lot of tennis shoes. It's more about your basic athletic wear. It's not like the outdoor kind of. I would call it urban sport type deal. And uh, they have been amazing, amazing. The mesh on top is starting to get holes in it, so I'm sure you get caught in things. But uh, I think they're going to be going on for quite a while. And uh, but I realize, yeah, light shoes is with more nimble, you know, to where you have more flexibility, more wiggle room, instead of those boots that just straps around your ankle and, you know, your... Anyway, I don't like... uh, Yeah, around your ankle. I I don't like those. Unless we're looking at some really nasty weather or like winter. And since that's just not when I do it, for me, it's like, it's okay. It's okay for the shoe to get wet, to get soaked. It'll dry quick. You know, those mesh shoes, yes, it will get wet quick, but it will dry quick. And then you get your waterproof boots. You know, it will keep you pretty dry. But if it gets hot, you're going to fucking sweat. And then it could still get wet anyway. You could still get drenched with a storm or whatever and then get water in them. And then it's, it's more hellish for them to dry because the water will not evaporate as easily because you have this barrier, this Gore-Tex waterproof barrier between the inside and the outside. So I don't quite see the point. And it's tricky because I've looked at shoes and so many of them because it is fashionable and people kind of want that because I think it's a great thing this waterproofing and I don't agree I definitely do not agree there but that's of course for me you know and of course I'm nowhere near always right because again I had no I only had my little mid-layer kind of a wind kind of jacket you know Uh, I wouldn't even call it water resistant just a little bit of windproofing and then my goodness when I got wet, oh, I was so soaked. But, I mean, I was drenched everywhere. And even with a just little heater in that place, uh, I forgot the name of it. 
it dried because yeah it can get wet fast but it will dry fast so uh, if it'd been colder it could have been problematic because of course when something is really soaked it loses its insulation factor and uh, you know like a soft shell would more than likely be the next one if I was to get one instead of this one something with more of a water repellent so it's basically it's not waterproof waterproof and that's kind of what I want because I want to be able to breathe a little better so you don't get as hot but it would still repel most of the water so you would still have the insulation factor kind of acting in and I think it would keep you a little warmer and, uh, but this one, you know, again, I think I paid around 30 euro for it at Decathlon. And uh, I mean, I, I, I've had to stitch a couple of places where I kind of get torn, one kind of get burned. But it's amazing, amazing gear, Decathlon, you know, for the prices that you pay. I mean, I still have those shorts that I bought in 21 in uh, uh, Coruña with Belen. I've had to sew them, but they are amazing. Uh, so yeah, for a lot of things, there's really not much money that need to be paid. And I think a lot of those things that people buy, you know, really high-end stuff, it's not only necessary, but it actually, I think it might actually be some kind of impediment. You know, I don't think it is that. It's not relevant for the regular Joe who's going to be, you know, doing that kind of Camino for, for a stint. Anyway, that's my two cents my two cents worse anyway so here we are now and on the outskirts of Logroño so heading to Navarrete so it was definitely wonderful it was very silly very light very extroverted what a difference what a weird spectrum you know a range of rainbow what do you call it? spectrum of the rainbow or rainbow of the spectrum or you know wide range of the spectrum that for me being very very sullen very stoic circumspect you know for all that time very kind of almost antisocial and really not liking being around people loving being by myself and anyway and uh, oh, actually, you know what? I will, I will live on this one. Then I'm going to just be with where I am in for what's left of the walk uh, in Grimaldo. And I forgot I'd been there before. <laughs> I remember when I got to the albergue, which is more of a refugio. But you know, again, it was donativo, and uh, you had a bed. You actually had a microwave and a fridge and showers and clothesline. So great. And uh, they were when I got there, and I got there pretty early. They were already Italian there. And I don't know, I don't really, they felt like tourists. It was just kind of feeling like weird, but, you know, they had backpacks. So regardless, I was annoyed by it for whatever reason, because I almost thought when I got there, it's kind of out of the way, this albergue. And I was like, it was going to be like last time where I was going to have it to myself, but that didn't turn out to be the case. Then there was this young Italian cyclist that was doing the Camino that ended up stopping there. And then this guy on a wheelchair with a scooter, he had a kind of a weird mount on a scooter which is kind of weird when you think about it because basically hey look at you the train man faster australian to i'm fucking killing it man coochie coochie <laughs> well hold on hold on hold on oh sorry sorry no 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 it's all good uh okay so here we go guy 
Uh, I talked about Stuart, right? Okay, I do. I do a podcast. Okay. Yeah, I, I, did, I, did, I, did, I heard you, and I thought. I, 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 I didn't. I haven't done it for the last forty-two days because when I was in silence, so I actually took a sabbatical there. But I do uh, free-flowing, kind of venting, kind of whatever happens, kind of writing it, learning to express myself. Okay. Not trying to sell anything, so nobody can get a hold of me. Yeah. Uh, there is no. There is nothing. I don't have any expectation from it, but I, I love the potential of, in a way, connecting with the world where you don't have to prove anything, where you don't have to, where I'm not selling anything, where I don't care what anybody's thinking. I don't have to be politically correct because that's something that I cannot stand. And, and, yeah, and at the same time, I share, I share. So anything about my, my yearning, my longing, what I'm struggling with, what's hurting me, what I'm excited, something that's happening that stands out. And so every day, and I'm learning, I love to do it while I walk. When I move, yeah. I've done it sitting with my cup of coffee, but I like it more. When you're moving, I'm more of a Socrates kind of a guy, I guess. I love, I love it. I just, the there's just something. Yeah. I'm more of an action kind of a person. Yeah. I am not a, even though I do sit, I do meditation, but I fa- I've been failing for more than 20 years at it because it doesn't work for me to be meditation. still and focus on your breath. It just doesn't fucking work. But I do yeah. it because it's nice to learn to practice failure and to become successful as failing instead of trying to overcome it to be okay with actually not being okay. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Yeah, it's been a while since, the last time was in 2019, there was a guy from Holland, and then we had uh, something, so, let's see Stuart, for my invisible audience, which is <laughs> infinitesimal, if, so here's Stuart, I talked about the, the Australian guy, who is, his last name is Foster, <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, I've mentioned to him when I was in, in London in, uh, in the early 90s, there was an ad in, in England which was Foster, Australian, for beer. And there was this very funny kind of Australian ad where, anyway, regardless, so I've been, and I realize apparently he's 31 years old and he's saying, in Australia, he's never had a Foster beer. So it's apparently more popular in, uh, in, uh, in Great Britain. But anyway, regardless. So I've talked about him. And like I said, I've mentioned you know, my, my experience of him was he had, a, he had kind of a sweetheart, so it was kind of nice to connect with again. And as a man with whom you could be in place, you'd be, you be sharing about something different than the usual, uh, uh, typical kind of, I'm not going to call it bullshit, but kind of automatic, reactionary, kind of cruise control kind of way to behave. And in a way, automated, here we go, automated. And in an automated way, which is what, this is what you do, this is what you say, this is how you're comfortable, this is how you belong. And if you do that, then you're going to be accepted, you're not going to be judged, and everything is going to be okay, people are going to be smiling at you. So for me, I've mentioned so many times, it's so challenging to be able to connect with men which is I'm way more interested in connecting with men than women because for me it's easy. It's my, uh, it's my automatic response, my default mode, but I don't like it because I'm like, I'm a man too. But it is so tricky to find those thresholds where you can crack that door and keep it open to where you can connect with a man and then you sharing at a different level. So that being said, as an amazing introduction to an Australian who does not deserve it for sure because Australians obviously... You know, synonymous of worthless, of uh, despicable. So, Stuart, sh- share if you if you feel up for it. Yeah. Something about, and I'm going to hand you the phone so you'll be able to put it. I have a close. Oh, you want no, to your mouse? Okay. Some something oh. about whatever it is. Oh, uh, whatever might make sense here. Uh, but any anything you may want to share out of this point oh, in time. Man. Right. Okay, all right. Can I just have a time to think? Keep talking for thirty seconds. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll, st- I'll walk behind and let me think about something. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> 
So I guess a little bit more background. So again, like I say, I arrived last night around 7.30 and then I got lucky because one of the nice thing about arriving late, unless everything is full in an albergue, is that there's a possibility that because you have overflow, they're going to fill up some dorms. And so people who arrive early, pretty much are going to get crammed. That's just how it's going to be, but that's okay because you're also assured that you have a place to stay. So it all makes sense. But, you know, when I arrived, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to put you into the overflow because the dorm is full and there's only one more person. And I was like, great, you know, even though it's kind of nice to be back in a, into the thick of it, you know, with, uh, you know, from the Levante where I had so many nights just by myself, but so there I was, I'm coming in and then, so I meet this guy, Stuart, he's still kind of arranging his stuff. And then uh, we start to kind of, you know, chat a little bit. Kind of like it didn't really go anywhere at that point in time. But nice, friendly. And then we got to dinner. And then there was a little bit. But this morning at breakfast time is where... Um, well, I mean, you kind of know me. You know, sometimes I can be so fucking introverted. But at the time, I'm all over the fucking place, right? Uh, I'm like a fucking Tasmanian devil. Here we go. I'm going Australian. Morning. Are you good? Okay, you're not thinking about killing your, you're not thinking about killing yourself, right? No. Okay, okay, okay. Good. Huh? <laughs> Good spirit. Enjoy one cavino. And so, and so it was just kind of nice this morning. There was Andres, you know the, the the Mexican guy that I talked about that spent the last two years in France with that kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, some kind of association. No, no, it's not an association. Um, it's not a brotherhood. It's like a kind of a Christian kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know what kind of order it is. I'm not familiar with it. But basically, kind of a spiritual kind of a formation that he just went through. And it was just, it was quite, quite a powerful exchange. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And then this morning was kind of like the, the, the kind of the sharing of the interaction with uh, Stuart ramped up to where there was kind of sharing about, you know, kind of things happening kind of in life and, you know, kind of going on and, you know, once once you kind of break the ice, looking for ways to kind of connect with somebody and to warm up and then, and then to get to places. So anyway, I really, really enjoyed it. And I really, really, my, what was left, what I was left with, kind of when I think of Stuart now, I mean, even though he's right beside me, he might be blushing like a foster beer, which means uh, Australian for beer. <laughs> and... <laughs> And just a sweet, just a sweetheart, like, you know, like when I meet those men to where I feel like for us men, it's something that you have to hide. It's a weakness, you know, to be, to be sensitive, you know, to be emotional, to be, to be feeling things that that level is like, you shouldn't show that to the world. That's a weakness as a man. You don't do that. Then you're not a man. And you don't. The model, you know, the, the default mode in society is men are tough, men are independent, they can do it, you can rely on them, you know, that's what men is. And so when you don't fit into that mold, you know, without even realizing because you're so young, when you get exposed to that, then you're ashamed of that part of you that somehow doesn't fit into that mold. And then so you kind of, yeah, you just hide it. And then in some cases with women, that's kind of when you're going to be inclined to somehow let it come out because it is okay, it's safe there. But with men, it is very tricky. And it's almost like it's not a choice, for me at least. I don't choose when I get, when that part of me comes out, it just when it feels like the, the, the conditions are conducive to that. And if they are not, it doesn't matter what I think, it's just not happening. It's going to be like dry as shit. 
with the other person and it's horrible it feels horrible and so you know it's like on the camino it's always this weird higher percentage you ready no 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 so back 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 to my uh, back to my mate foster uh, say foster what's going on on the, on the australian front tell me of kangaroos fosters australian for beer <laughs> yeah, it does it welcome no thank you thank you so my name is Stuart, and it's actually it's been good to sorry what was your name again anthony anthony sorry it's been great to check with anthony because a lot of what he's saying and i have overheard a few conversations if i'm honest and it's really connecting with what i'm thinking that this is sort of a continu- continuation of what i've heard of this uh the last few minutes of the podcast as well i guess what brings me here and it's a question that everyone always asks like why are you here and why have you moved to Scotland and all this kind of thing but um, I guess in my life in Australia and Adelaide on the surface what you're sort of mentioning there is like everything in my life from the outset or what other people would see of my life was very good you know I had a good job I had a good girlfriend I had a house I was earning good money um, so from the you know what's expected of you from the outside world or what you perceive to be expected of I was doing really well but and I guess within myself I was unhappy about pretty much all of that (laughs) and um and it took me like quite a few years to really respect that and to be okay with it or to actually feel my emotions rather than suppressing them suppressing them um, to actually accept those emotions and to say, yeah, I am unhappy. And I'm unhappy for my relationship. I'm unhappy with a range of things in my life. Um, so it took me a few years to really get deeper into myself to respect that, to feel those emotions. Um, and then that's what really brought about the changes in my life when, you know, I broke up with my girlfriend, sold my house and all those sorts of things. Um, to really, And then to feel that unhappiness as well and to be okay that, it was okay not to be all right. Like, it was all right to feel that unhappiness, um, to feel those emotions, um, and then having that opportunity to almost have a fresh slate in my life and move to the other side of the world. Um, I really broke down my life into... I know it's kind of cliche and a bit simple, but really to work out from where I am as a person now, um, the meaning of life, in my opinion, is is happiness like that's really when you break it down into its complete core i believe the meaning of my life is to be happy which is easy to say it's a very easy concept but the most difficult thing is working out what the happiness is so to me what is happiness like how do i create a life where i'm happy and that's the hardest thing define then it's 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 it is it is the hardest thing and that's what i mean it is the hardest thing it's so easy for me to say okay I want to be happy, but defining that... Give it a shot. Okay, so... Okay, so I think the first, the most important part is to, Mm -hmm. for me, I think in the happiness is to be in a loving relationship. I think it... And whether that comes now or later, I'm happy on my own, but I want to find um, that. I believe I'm a better person when I have that. Um... So a loving relationship's a better person uh, with the right person. Um, knowing that I want to have a family one day, that's very important to me. Um, I think that as for me, everything that I've got as a person, uh, I want to pass on to the next generation. So, uh, 
yeah, I almost think that everything I've worked towards to this point in life, the characteristics that I want to display, uh, that I want to have as a person, I think is then to pass that on to children. So, and obviously you need to have a loving relationship to have that. So that's really important to me. Uh, I want to have a job that makes, that I want to go to every day. I want to wake up in the morning. Obviously I need, I need a job to have a life. So to have the job um, that I want to get out of bed to do, that I feel like I'm contributing to society and also happy within myself doing, um, I think that's really important uh, for me. And I think another really important thing is to have friends, oh, to be really close to my family as well. I've, I want to become closer to them. Um, I think you can only get one family in life and I'm lucky to have a good family. So connecting with my parents and my brother and sister um, is really important. So I'm trying to do that more and more now. So I think that will make me happy because they've always got your back, you know. So I think that's another component to happiness. Um, and also having friendships. Maybe maybe some of my friendships in Australia weren't so... We're more surface-based. And as you mentioned, that connection with men I struggled with as well. Even with friendships I have with men, like they're okay on a surface level, maybe about superficial things, but not really deep. Um, and same as Anthony, I want to have friendships that are deeper and like friendships that contribute to me and contribute to the other person. So I just don't want to be friends with people for the sake of it. I want to, if that means I've got less friends, I'm okay with that as well. So um, having those deeper friendships, um, I think that's, and I think the other one is to stay active as well. Um, I think to to be happy, you have to be active um, in terms of like hiking, playing sport and things like that uh, on a daily basis. It keeps your mind fresh, good for your mental health, good for your physical health. And I think it makes everything else, all those other factors I mentioned in my life, um, are better with that. So I don't know if that's good, but... That's, that's how I define happiness, is that? There's no right way. Yeah. But now, if you, yep. were to, if you were to move it to not about the how, but the why. Why is happiness important to you? Okay. Uh, why is happiness important to you? Yeah, because you're talking about this is what I want to do, and that will bring me to that. But why? Why is that important? Instead of notoriety, fame... Uh, physical price, wealth, uh, whatever it is. Why this kind of inner quality, which is very hard to define, but that one knows somehow you have your own connection. Why is that something that to you is more important than seems like almost everything else? But why that? What's a, the, what is a, what, what makes it? What makes it so important to you? Why is it so important to you? To, ha to be happy? Yes. Why is it so important yeah, to be happy? Why? Because there is a why. Before Everything. you get to what you're going to do, you can't use the same word to define or to explain what it is. So you have to yeah. move away from happiness. Why, why is that? Why is happiness important? Yeah. Happiness is everything. No, no, no. You can't use happiness to, to define. To define it, you can't be using the same word. So you can't be using okay, happy okay, anymore. Okay, okay, okay. Why is that important? Okay. Uh... I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I 
Because you so, know you're going to okay. die. You're going to die, right? Yeah, you know okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to lose yeah. everything. Yeah. So everything is pointless to some extent. Yeah. But breaking down, end, okay, so breaking down what happiness is into why. Is not, it, not, is, not what it is. Why is it important? Why does it matter to you the way it matters to you? Well, it's everything. Like, all those factors that I talked about, that, yeah. that all makes up happiness to yeah, my, that, in my that, mind. That, that so then breaking it, that, breaking it down into a lot. Why is that important? I mean, happiness is not more important than, um, than any, anything. I, I don't believe that there is one thing for generally that's better than something else. But why is it for you more relevant, more meaningful, more, more valued? Okay, I know you're going to tell me off for saying no, this. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. have the answer. I'm, yeah. I'm not coming from a place of knowing. To me, it's like, it's, we, okay, when I, as I said before, when I was unhappy, I broke down and said, okay, I... Hold on a second. Let me check something real quick because yeah. on the anchor... Okay, we're good. Do you want me to stop or... No, 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 you're no, good. No. You have 12 okay. minutes. So we're good. Okay. Because you, only, you can only grab... Uh, you can, grab. Grab out is re- uh, recording. Uh, okay. One hour on the yeah. anchor, but go ahead. Okay. Well... <laughs> To me, that's like the top thing, right? That, that's the top emotion. Sure, I'm asking you And then why. you break it down. Why is that? Why is that? <laughs> Not about the what, the how, the when, and then uh, what it feels like, but why? I mean, you, you are selling it to yourself. Yeah. This is important because there's something you've told to yourself, this is why that is more important to me than those other things. And what is a sales pitch that you gave yourself in order to put that on a pedestal and to say that happiness is what's most valuable and it's what I should strive to, to maintain, to get to, or to, to try to, 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 to be in that space as much as possible. What is that okay. reason? Okay, do you believe that you can be behaving in any way if you do not have a justification? Okay, hold on, it looks like we're going left. Okay. <laughs> But I think that's what all the components I mentioned. I think that bring that makes happiness but for me. Why is Challenge, that? Why? Yeah, there are many things. People look, people, uh, people will go into the military, and for them, the idea of serving, to be doing that thing to serve their country, that ideology is so valuable that they're willing to put everything on the life, on the line for that. Somebody's going to become a monk who's going to yep. be like, you know what? I'm going to go to this monastery. Yep. I'm going to give up the possibility of a relationship. I'm going to become Figure, poor. Yeah, yeah. And then to yep. me, there is a reason why that's more important than those other things. So what is the why? So that's what I believe. And that's what I bring back okay. to what I mentioned at the very start when I was talking. Is that it's very easy to say that the meaning of my life <laughs> is the peace of your happiness. No, no, no. Listen, 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 listen. And then breaking that down into, okay, it's very easy to say that I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so easy. Anyone can say that. Mm-hmm. But defining what happiness is is the most difficult part of life. And that's exactly what you've answered my question. That person that wants to serve their country and put their life on the line, uh-huh. they've, they've worked it out. To them, that's happiness. The monk that wants to give everything to, to doing that, to them, that is happiness. For you... What you're doing in your life is you finding happiness. That's what brings happiness to you. What I've just gone on about is what brings happiness to me. And we're all on that journey and it continually changes to define what in my life brings me happy. And you've answered my question there. That's the why. That's the why. It's right there. (laughs) It is, it is, it is, it is. It is. 
Are you? Yeah. I don't have answers. I just... Uh, <laughs> I like my questions. I'm, I'm, uh, Okay. You've answered my question, in my opinion. It, from what I can say, okay. that's what it is. Okay. Why do people do that? Why do people do that? Why do people do that? And they have varying degrees of success. Some people are very happy in doing what they're doing. Some people are unhappy. It's just a, it's just a degree of success that they're having in achieving that goal that we all have. Do you know that? That's what I think. Do anyway, you, do you know that people from the outside are really able to gauge the state of inner happiness of another individual, regardless of how they may look like to the outside world, like. This person looks like he's happy doing what he's doing. Yeah. Do, do you believe that we have that capability of appreciating or looking at an individual? It's like, you look like you get your shit down. You look like you really know what you're doing, that you got those, those qualities merging together. Because I don't believe that. I don't believe that. We, I think you can fake it very well. You I can show so. to the world. Yeah. But only you, when you go to bed at night with yourself, really can really appreciate, am I full of shit? Have I, have I been full of shit today? Or have yeah. I really tried to live a life that would align, that would be congruent between my inner value and then what the world will throw back in my face with the good, the bad and the ugly? Have I tried to get those two things to kind of dance yeah. in, in a healthy way? And I was, holding, was I holding my ground? Was I holding on to my truth? Or did I give in? Or was I afraid? Or was I doubting? Or was I just giving into peer pressure? Or was I basically, or however, that kind of when do I stand up and fight? And then when do I yield? I agree with that. So I think that some people do. Uh, I think it's hard to tell. I think because what I mentioned at the start, we have this, depending on where we are in life, people have this view of what is happiness. It's like those components that I mentioned before. So I think it's difficult for people to tell if someone is happy on the inside. Obviously, there's cases where they can tell that you're not unhappy because it shows in your face, mm -hmm. it shows in your mood and things like that. But I think the outside world find it very difficult to determine if someone's happy or not. And I believe what you're saying then, like only you know when you go to bed or wake up in the morning, you only you know whether you're happy or not. And only you can define it. Yeah, and I think what kind of salesman that, that guy is. That, I agree with you, Anthony. See, see, see how, how, how hungry is for approval? It's like, yeah, you know, I... <laughs> I don't agree with you, Anthony. No, I don't no, agree no, with no, you, no, mate. No. I don't agree with you. I was coming up with my own stuff. Um, that's what, exactly what I said at the very start. The hardest thing is defining what happiness is for us. And only we can judge that. Yeah. I'll give you a quote. And I'm sorry if I'm going to swear on your podcast, but I'm no, Australian no, no, and no, I no. swear. I swear plenty. As you, know, as you know, and Foster's is go Australian for beer. Hang on, have we got more time or not? I think we're out of time. You, get, you get five minutes. Yeah. Right. Senor. Sir. Canino. Can I, can I give you a quote, Anthony? Can you give anything to them? Okay. A good quote here. Let's see. If I've, if I, maybe I've never heard it. This is, I think this is what like range what you're saying. Okay. Is what we're saying is only you can know if you're happy or not. Okay. 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 Only you can know. Okay. And this is what... This is a quote. I know what I think. And that's all that counts to me. I don't give a shit what you think. Um, oh, wait. I fucked it up. <laughs> um... I hope you're wearing a condom. Okay. I hope you were fucking. I know what I think, and that's all that counts to me. Okay. I don't. I don't give a shit what you think. Okay. I only. The only person I try to impress is myself. Okay. Okay. So that's exactly what we're saying now, right? I don't care what anyone else, anyone can else can think. I'm happy, or they've got that view of what happiness is. Oh, that's right.
you go. All right. So no, 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 no. Uh, I'm still. Believe me, they hear fucking plenty of me here. So he's talking about fucking swearing and talk about shit. You know, I mean, maybe he has something about scatophilia. He has some kind of obsession. I don't know if he likes to to take a shit bath or whatever. But to me, that's definitely not very much swearing. Okay. But yeah, no, no. I, I want to go back to you. So, but uh, to to resume to where we were before I had to cut it off before we lost before anchor cut me off anyway because you cannot do more than one hour bite at a time. Uh, the idea of basically the only and I'm I'm going to create a nuance here because I, I do believe I well, think you'll go along. I, I think you'll go along. Well, obviously, a lot of my life is about actually not comparing myself, which is very hard because we are social beings. So part of us is wired to be influenced and affected and it's it has been evolutionary so important for survival to be mindful and to be considerate of everybody else because how many of us will survive on our own or would have in uh, evolutionary scale what what is required to really live the way we are and even more when you look at now what we can accomplish the feet we can look at where we are now we're fucking we're not working i mean i'm not working i'm not doing anything and so much of what i do is relying on other people to be doing all things. When I go to the albergue, people are there who are taking care of, people are watching out for safety, so I feel safe. I'm not going to be mugged, I'm not going to be killed, more than likely. And so there is a part of us which is very social and it's integral to our survival. But there seems to be this other part now which is like, yes, up to a point, sure, it is important you know, to be considerate to, to the, the communal living, to learn to live together, to have values in common and say, yeah, I agree, I'm not going to kill you, I'm not going to rob you. you know, I'm, I'm not, there are things that I will not do because I believe that no, those are not conducive to a healthy life in community. But up to a point. And then to realize, yeah, but you know, when it comes down to define what makes a life meaningful, to me, then that's where the box stop, right? You know that expression? That's where the box, box stop. stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do like a bunch of the American expression. And so, you know, the box stop here, even though I'm kind of twisting it a little bit because it has to do about, you know, like uh, that's a leadership, that's a responsibility. The box stop here, meaning, well, that's eventually, ultimately my responsibility. But the point is that for me, and I, here, here's where I'm going to spin it and I want to give it back to you, the idea that I do care about people's opinion, about what they have to say. I don't care about what they say. If they're coming from an angle of, I am right, I know what's right, and I'm, I'm going to try to convince you. But I'm going to share with you what my life experience is, and okay. maybe there will be something of value or not. I don't give a fuck if you do anything with it. But with you, I will share of me, and, and then that's it. So I do, I do value, like when you're sharing what you're sharing, because the point is I'm not looking at you. It's like, please tell me what you do. Please tell me what to do with my life. Okay. Show me because I need that. It's like, I don't need that, but... Let me, let me, let me, let me say. Sorry. No, 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 I'm no. sorry to cut you no, off, no, no, but no, I no. want to say that that quote is... I'm used it? to Australian. They're being very rude anyway. Oh, are we, are we? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying that quote with respect to happiness. Okay. Oh, shit. So you shit... So after you, I'm saying. Has to do with shit. No, no, no. <laughs> Didn't you use the word shit in in your statement about? Uh, but it's it's saying that happiness. I don't care what you think. Okay, you can't tell me what is happiness. You can guide me. Okay, that's fine. I can take your opinion. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you can't. Only I can decide if I'm happy or not. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, sure. I don't. The start of the quote is. I don't give a shit what do you think. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, when you go to bed, only you know if you're happy. Mm-hmm. At, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I can help you, I can guide you, you can help me, you can guide me. But at the end of the day, only I know if I'm happy or not. 
Only you know if you're happy or not. And that's what I mean by the start of that quote. Okay. It makes complete it needs, sense. It needs more context. So, no, no, no. Yeah. But I, and I completely, yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And the only nuance that I was inserting in it was that, you know, when you're saying I don't care, it's like you are not the ultimate judge. You're not the ultimate word. This is not what's most important to you. I do value, you know, what people are sharing because that's one of the beauty of life too. When you, when you cross other human beings and they share their life experience, sometimes you find somebody is like, wow, I really like what this guy is doing with his life. It doesn't mean this is what I want to do, but yeah. there's something that resonates for whatever reason and I really relate to it. It's really something, there's something different and it's very tasty. And uh, so... For me, what I was saying, and, 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 and it goes along with what you're saying anyway, there's, there's no problem. It makes complete sense what you're saying because that's yeah. exactly what I believe, which is like nobody else is going to, nobody else knows better than me what I should be doing. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I know, but it's my job. It's nobody else's. And then yours will most likely taint mine. If I was to look at you as a guide, what does it say about not only the lack of faith that I have about my ability to do it, but to put myself in the hand of somebody else's, it would be crazy. So I completely understand. Yeah. But what it's I love... very specific, that quote. Like talking very to... very specific at, in, when you look at yourself and you look at another view and you look at yourself and you judge yourself and you look at how you're going, only you know. Sure. Only you know. It's very sure. specific. Like it's a specific feeling, that quote, that it, that it relates to. Not on a place of... I'm not of... sitting here saying that I know everything... And whatever you tell me, whatever 50 other people are going to say about me, it doesn't matter because it does. But it's specifically in defining your own happiness, defining where you are as a person, only you know. Sure. Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. And if, yeah. if you're going to delegate that to somebody else, yeah, it's uh, basically you kind of become like a victim instead of saying owning the fact that, yeah, this is my responsibility, this is my job. And if I cannot do it, nobody else can do it for me. Yes. Even though even though the world is going to be at times a place of inspiration to where something I'm going to have an experience, it's going to be like, that's for whatever reason is going to affect me more strongly than the rest of the time. It doesn't have anything to do. The fact is I have something in me has chosen to select that experience as more valuable than the other one. It's still coming from me. The fact that it's me choosing that for whatever reason that exchange with that person is going to be of higher value than with the other person. So I'm going, it's going to be affecting me differently. Yes. But it's not passive. I have chosen that because it fits some kind of criteria. And then, and then that opened a door that normally doesn't get to be opened because with most people, it doesn't go past that. You know, they, they come to the front door, somebody knocks, say, hi, how are you doing? And they never enter my house because it just doesn't happen. Yes. But once in a while, there's somebody who's like, please fucking come on in. Let me show you my bedroom. This is my dildo. <laughs> Those are the extra battery just in case. I don't know how long. So, you know, it kind of like you just share your soul. You open everything and it's like it's effortless. Yeah, you yeah, completely yeah. save. There is, it's not even about safety because you, you actually, vulnerability is an amazing exchange to be able to have, but it requires conditions to be in place for that part of you to kind of open up. Yeah. So a lot, most of what I said, I'm completely in agreement with you because a lot of my life is actually about two things one not judging it's like i don't know what anybody else should fucking do i have my convictions i have my ideas and i have no problem sharing them and but it doesn't so and, it, so and, it, and it doesn't have but it doesn't have anything to do with 
what you should be doing. It's like, I don't fucking want your backpack on my bag. Mine is enough. But, you know, it's like, as human beings, we share things along the way. And from time to time, it's like, hey, I kind of like that. I think I'm going to play with that a little bit, what you're saying. I've never heard that before that way. Oh, it kind of makes sense. But at the end of the day, for me, it's like, I don't envy. I don't look at the world as as the best role model. And I realize, ultimately, it comes down to me to, to choose and to make those decisions to try to maintain or to try to improve or update my understanding of what it means to live, what I would call it, for me, it's a meaningful and purposeful life. Yeah. To feel like what I'm doing each fucking step is actually, it is what I want to do and it is in line. It's not about perfection because sometimes you make a mistake, but a mistake is also a stepping stone. You still learn. You learn from everything. And I do believe that you learn more powerfully when you get your why that's why my, my big thing for me is a why why am i why am i getting up this morning why did i choose to do that why do i keep choosing to why do i keep getting up in the morning and then do i keep choosing to walk it's like i have to sell it to myself time and time again that's why some people don't get up from the couch and i'm not going to go into people are better than others it nothing to do with that you know yeah. uh, but i don't understand life is such a weird mystery it's a beautiful horrible thing you know to where all those things are happening but so no anyway i'm, I'm going to give you the last word i'm i need to shut the fuck up so <laughs> so okay so we've talked about okay we've talked about happiness and if there's something else you would like to like I said, I have no idea who my audience is. Uh, it's very small. So, like I said, I don't do any social media. They have no way of reaching out to me. I don't know who they are. I just know the basic uh, data in terms of it's mostly people like around 40, 50 to 60 years old. So, it's actually an older. It's mostly women. Okay. Yeah, there we go. There, <laughs> there we go. It's like yeah. 70, 80 yeah. percent mostly women listening. But it's very small. From time to time, I'll get like, uh, and I mean small, I mean very small. I'll get like 20 maybe 10, 20 people, That's but overall, right. overall, right. it's around four or five people who are, who seem to be constantly, and my aim in a podcast is to, to learn to be authentic, so to be honest, yep. uh, with the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then also, I feel like through that, that medium, to contribute, to try to, to share of my experience that it might be of use, as some of it, not only sometimes could be fun, because I can be a funny motherfucker, sure but also that for impression. some people it could be useful. It could be like yeah. to, 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 to share that vulnerability, to share those things that you don't really share normally and that somebody might relate in a weird way and it might be useful. And to me, the idea of contributing in that way, the potentiality makes me happy. So on that note, uh, whatever you're going to want to, you're going to want to close this one in, whenever you want to share. Okay. And then... Uh, yeah, all right, if I may. Yep, so the last point I wanted to make, and I'm obviously uh, you've picked up on the points I've raised before, and I think it's... I did overhear your conversation at breakfast this morning and it resonated with me. Um, and I think a lot of what what I learnt in the last year and am learning and will continue to learn um, is a thing called gut feel. So when we're looking at making decisions in our lives or we're thinking about our life... Um, aspects of us that we don't like, what we do like, and if we want to make changes. Um, I think a lot of what I didn't change came down to, okay, uh, I can think about it from a... I did a lot of pros and cons lists. So when I looked at 
making those changes. So what are the pros of this? What are the cons of this in making certain decisions? But then a lot of what it came down to was gut feel. So what do we feel in our, in our, on our inside about certain things and then making decisions from there? Um, I think it's one of the most important things um, that we need to be in touch with as humans. Um, I think it's a really, I don't know what you call it, you call it your soul or whatever it might be, but gut feel is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get this question all the time and Anthony asks me and I get asked it three times a day, oh, like, why is an Australian move to Scotland? It's cold there and, you know, all this kind of thing. Um, and what do you like about Scotland? I find it a really difficult question to answer and, and to be honest, I answer it differently every time because for me, it just it's gut feel. It just feels right. It feels like it's the right place for me at this point in my life. Um, and if that's what my gut is telling me, then I'm going to carry on doing it. And I'm going to use that experience um, in the future for other things in my life, you know, relationships, friendships, career, you know, everything like that. Um, listening to my gut feel is really important to me. And maybe it's just me. Like maybe it's gut feel has more of a impact on me as a person. It may have less impact on others. Like other people might prefer pros and cons list, but... For me, yeah, listening to my gut feel is an important one. So that was what I wanted to finish with. Yeah. So, guys, on the uh, becoming sunnier, a little bit of a sun breaking through the cloud on a very, very nice morning, heading out to Navarrete for this new experience. So, kind of a nice omen. That's kind of what I look at my stay last night, you know, being back on a French Camino, which for a lot of season pilgrims has a very, very uh, skewed, slanted, uh, negative kind of uh, connotation of this kind of like touristic, uh, interstate kind of uh, traveling lane. And that that part is true, but there is also that kind of freshness. You have those people who are very green, you know, very fresh, who are for the first time, many of them, you know, embarking for, you know, kind of on a search, curious or stuck or frustrated or longing for something, not even quite knowing. And for whatever reason, with a weird series of events, find themselves stumbling on this Camino. And then there is kind of a, a candid, you know, kind of a, almost innocent quality of... Uh, um, of of that kind of experience, of that kind of state of being that they can share. And that's, I find, very, very enriching and not as easily found like on the other Camino where you can find yourself, where people who've been there, they've done other one, they kind of... And it kind of becomes more about, for many of them, about getting it done, doing adding one more Camino on the list, instead of that kind of also interior Camino that you are looking and embarking. And uh, to me, it's definitely an omen from where I was last night, you know, from, like I've mentioned, how I've been so such an hermit in the last 40 days, really kind of antisocial, not wanting to be around people, really enjoying the loneliness. And at the same time, there was a weight to it. But that was mine. That was across part of what I was bearing. And that's where I was. And I was okay being there. And then now finding myself opening them again and having this very, very nice encounter. And I kind of think that you will agree with me about this fellow here, that even though he's Australian, we need not to hold that against him because nobody's perfect. I know it's quite a handicap, you know, but that's why in golf you have a handicap, right? Some people get... We need to give those people a head start. We need to be gentle. <laughs> there is my smartest. So anyway, thank you very much, uh, Stuart, for, for sharing of yourself and of your company. It's wonderful. Like I say, I really see you as a sweetheart, as a, as a kind of a gentle heart. And, and definitely, 
I would encourage you to look for opportunities to, to let that part come out, that, that vulnerable part which is not strong, which is not about price in a man, but which is very, it feels very weak, but it's just amazing actually how strong it makes us when we do not have to be, we don't have to do anything. And then that, we're not perfect, but we are just perfectly imperfect. We, we are just fine. And if we just show up as who we are, how can we not stumble once in a blue moon on the path that leads us to people who are just perfect and fit perfectly with that fucked up imperfect self that we are? Exactly. And, uh, and enough, guys. I'm out. Mics. If I had a mic, I would drop it right now like a stand-up comedian. But I don't have it. I'm not going to fuck up my iPhone. I can't afford a new one. So love to you all. And then I will talk to you later. Thank you very much, Stuart. No worries. Thank you.